the house of God and uh, we're continuing with our series Foundations of Faith because it's so important that you get a grasp. What do you believe? Because we are living in uh, times of turmoil and trouble right now of what's going on in Israel as it was in the times when the 9-11 uh, happened. People were going, what is going on? And they turned to the only hope they had. They, they reckon Bible sales in England went up 80% because people were seeking something. If you haven't got anything to hold on to right now, you need to know there's Jesus. He is the only hope for the nation. He is the only hope for the world. Because we have a tendency to put our trust and our hope in a lot of things that never come through. You know, uh, we heard a great testimony of Cassie this morning. I've heard others too have tried several things, but they just don't work. They don't work. Just because it's said, you know, that's why we have so many cults out there and other religions and things like that. There's only one truth, and that is Jesus Christ. See, what you build your faith on is very important. Who remembers in 2003 a book came out called The Da Vinci Code? Do you remember that? I, I never read it. I just thought it was interesting. In 2003, Da Vinci Code sold 40 million copies in 44 languages. To the casual reader, the book is just a whodunit story within the murdered uh, creator of the Louvre Museum in Paris leaves a set of cryptic clues from the works of Leonardo da Vinci. Everyone's drawn in by that cryptic clues. You know when you hear that, we go, ooh, let's see if we can work this one out. And uh, people can be drawn by those things. So that's what the book was about, is who done it about these cryptic clues. The clues do not reveal the identity of the killer, but the location of the Holy Grail, which is not the cup used by Jesus. This is in the book and the movie. Uh, uh, not by the cup used by Jesus at the Last Supper, but a woman. This is weird. Mary Magdalene, who Jesus married and had a daughter and who was born in France, where Mary supposedly fled to after Jesus' crucifixion. Now, 44, uh, 40 million people bought that book and kind of believed somewhat of that story. And this is the problem we have today. If we're not building a solid foundation, we'll believe other things. Some people believe in everything. If you don't believe in something, you don't believe in everything. People are unfamiliar with the Word of God will fall for these little books and teachings quite easily. And they may believe it because some people just love a conspiracy theory. I love conspiracy facts. <laughs> we want to believe there is another more reasonable and scientific explanation for Jesus. You know, it just can't be that simple. How many people like that, you know, go, oh, no, it can't be that simple. When it comes to faith, it is that simple, belief. Jesus said, if you only believe. And yet people go, no, it can't be that simple. That's why we got cults out there, because they train, no, it's not that easy. You've got to go door knocking, you've got to do this, you've got to work, and all that kind of stuff. But the Word of God says, by grace, through faith, you are saved, not by works of your own. Some people want to dismiss Jesus' Lord because his death, resurrection, puts demands on our life and conduct. We want an easier way. You know, some people don't want to hand over the steering wheel of life to anybody else. They want to keep themselves. You know, it's like, uh, I know, we always think we know the best way, right? We do. We go, oh, no, I'll take the steering wheel. I know this, G. I know you know your stuff, Jesus, but, you know, I, I know where I'm going. <laughs> I said that once. I was on my way to Queensland, and uh, Sharon goes, you know where you're going? I said, yeah, look, I just found a shortcut. How many people are looking for shortcuts? And she goes, are you sure there's the main highway? It went sort of like this, like an L shape, the, the main highway. And I saw a corner bit that cuts off. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's the one for me. That's the one. She goes, are you sure? I said, I'm sure. It's, it's on the map. It must be there. <laughs> See, we're always looking for a shortcut, aren't we? We always think if we can get there an easier way without doing the hard work and all that. So I said, right, we're doing this. And she goes, all right, you're the driver. And so we started off, and I thought, see, it's good. Look, the road's good. Yeah, we're going well. Suddenly, the road started to change a little bit. And suddenly, it was getting like crap. It's okay. I'm sure it's just for a, a couple of kilometers, you know. Then it got into rubble. <laughs> then it got to potholes. And we're down about 5 or 10 Ks an hour because it was so rough. And it took us two hours on this road. And uh, yeah, if I'd gone the proper way, I would have done it in an hour. So it took me double the time to think I was going to save some time, make it easier. And sometimes our life is like that. You know, we want the easy road. We don't want to do the hard yards. You know, I've spoken to many people over time, and, uh, you know, people say things like, but, oh, you know, it's so hard to follow Jesus, you know. And I say, well, no, it's not. It is if you try and do it your way. It is if you try and do it on your own. He never said you'd do this on your own. And, 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 you know, I've had people say, I'm, I'm, I think I'm losing my faith. I said, how can you lose your faith? Faith in Jesus. Jesus doesn't suddenly disappear because suddenly something happened. Jesus is a fact. He remains. Nothing changes. And I said, if, if you're losing your faith in Jesus, what are you losing it to? What else is there? What other options are there that gives you life? Jesus, same, Jesus said, I came to give you life, life in abundance. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come to give you life in abundance. Life. That's why I like this church. I love it, you know, when we're worshiping, we're excited. There's life. You know, joy. Woohoo. It's okay to be joy. Joyful. You know, it's like, let's not be doomful. You shouldn't be coming to church like, oh, another Sunday. Gee, that preacher talks too much. I can't wait to go. All those songs go for ages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There should be joy in the house of the Lord. I'm telling you, you have the joy of the Lord in you, it just comes out of you. You can't hold it in. As, you know, just, Noelle, just like she's just amazing. Little Noelle over there dancing just brings a smile on my face because she's got the joy in her. She can't keep it in. It's coming out. It's all over. She's <laughs> beautiful. Love her. She's a great kid. And uh, that's testimony to the great parents too. Barnett and Sinead. Beautiful people. So... Um, People want to believe an easier way. They want to believe something that kind of captures, fits into your lifestyle. Remember, you're not here to arrange God's life. God is here to arrange your life. But sometimes we kind of go, yeah, okay, God, yeah, I'll go with that, but I want you to do it this way. You know, some of us are control freaks, aren't we? You know, it's like, you know that thing? People are so easily led by what they hear and what's been said. Paul addresses this in the book of Galatians, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. He says, I marvel that you soon are being moved away from him who called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is not another, but some are troubling you and desiring to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach a gospel to you besides what we preach you, let him be accursed. Let's not fall away so easily. You know, because what we're living in right now, there's more and more things coming out, and I've been seeing online, adding to the gospel. Let's just stick with the gospel, okay? Let's, let's not go outside that with these weird things. There's uh, a whole load of things coming out with alien beings, UFOs, and all this sort of stuff. 
Was Jesus an alien? No, I don't think he was. <laughs> well, he's not of this world, put it that way. The Bible says we are not of this world. Uh, but uh, let's not get carried away. Let's, let's focus on his word, for his word is truth. And uh, let's go from that place. You know, if you don't have a solid foundation in your world, in the word of God, in the person of Jesus, you're going to find it very difficult for what is coming upon the earth. Because a time of testing is coming. A time, an hour is upon our earth right now. You're seeing that shaking in Israel, as I said, and that will send out ripples to the world. And so in, in ways we need to actually connect with him in ways we haven't before, we need to know who our God is. Because I'm telling you, when you know who your God is, you can hear all this turmoil, and it's terrible, the lives that have been lost. It's terrible, the things that are going on. But it's not going to trouble you because your faith is in Him. You've got to say, God, I don't understand this, but I trust you. I trust you. Okay, we're going to go to our main... That was just, that was just the opening, by the way. That wasn't my message. <laughs> let's go into my main verse this morning. If you've got your Bibles, we let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 46 through to 49. Luke, chapter 6, verse 46 says, And... Why do you call me Lord, Lord, Jesus is saying? Why do you call me Lord, 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 and do not do what I say? How many people know that? How many people you see, oh, Lord, on a Sunday, oh, Lord, we love you, we raise our hands to you, but they don't live a godly life. They just go out on the week and do their own thing. So Jesus is hitting them on this. And why do you call me Lord, 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 and do not do what I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them, quite simple, Come to Jesus, hear his words, and do them. Three things. Can you remember those? I will show him, I will show you to whom he is alike, or he's like. Verse 48 He is like a man who built a house and dug a deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And a flood occurring, the stream burst across the ha- that house. I could not shake it, for it was founded on a rock. But he who hears and does not perform is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, on which the streams burst and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Father, I thank you for your word, for your truth. As we dig into your word this morning, I pray we'll take it upon ourselves. God, we'll be, we will hear your voice, be instructed by your voice, and we will live by your voice. Father, I pray for each one this morning that God, you'll speak to the heart that they may hear you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, first of all, Luke 6.46 says, And why do you call me Lord, 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 do not do what I say? It's pretty sad when people are all show and no go. (laughs) You know those people? They say everything uh, biblically, scripturally, they will sprout off, but there's no signs or evidence for their belief. You know, the Bible talks about knowledge puffs up. And some people like to puff themselves up, you know, quote off all the scriptures. I look for the fruit because that's what Jesus said, by their fruit they shall be known. It's not by their knowledge, it's by their fruit. So you can know, you can know the Bible inside out, and there's many people that have known that, the Bible, but they have not been changed by it because they're not allowed it, because they just want it for knowledge's sake. There's people that talk the talk but don't walk the walk. Like the Pharisees, you know, Jesus had a special name for these people. It's called hypocrites. 
Yeah, same where I went quiet then. Um, <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And through your name throw out demons, and, th- and through your name do many wonderful works? And I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, those working lawlessness. So there's lots of deeds you can do, but if it's not by faith, it's not on the foundation of God's word, and it's all about me, and look at me, because we're living in that cultural world today. It's the selfie world of me. And, uh, you know, and, and even, which is sad to see, some, you know, I've seen pastors getting caught up in this sort of world where they have to post themselves. This is me preaching my best message ever. Come and listen to it on download on iTunes. Uh, <laughs> this is me addressing my audience. This is me. This is me. Well, I, I remember the scriptures saying, uh, I must decrease that he increases. Amen? That's what John the Baptist said. He puts it straight. So we need to be in that place. Not everyone who says me, Lord, Lord. So we need to understand the truth. For the truth will set you free. Amen. Uh, The truth is what we need. Luke 6.47 says, Whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show to you whom he is like. So whoever. That means the invitation is for everyone. Everyone, Jesus said, whoever, whoever, whoever. Some people go, oh, but I'm not good enough. I'll come to Jesus when I've got my life right. Well, you'll never get it right. I'm telling you, you never get it right. Jesus accepts you as you are. And that's the great thing about the gospel. Otherwise, none of us will be here today. We go like, oh, we all failed. Yeah, you too? Yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> because none of us have got it right. But whoever accepts that invitation, and Jesus gives you that invitation, and it doesn't... It, it comes freely to you. It's a free invitation. Yes, it will cost you to follow Jesus, but the invitation is free. And some people like the idea of the free invitation, but they don't like the cost. So they go, and that's why you get people start in church well, give their lives to Jesus because they love the invitation. Who wouldn't, who'd knock back eternal life? You'd have to be stupid, right? And go, no, no, I don't want that. No, no, I'm good. (laughs) But the thing is, The invitation is free, but it will cost you something. And this is where we need to understand our foundations of faith because it will cost you. It will cost you. That's why Jesus said, count the cost. Do you ever count the cost on anything? Or just because we've got into this world where Jesus is my Savior, Jesus is lover of my soul, Jesus, uh, all these things are true, but they forgot the other thing. That there, there is work required. There are, there are things you will do that will be uncomfortable if you're following Jesus. He said, take up your cross. He didn't say, take up your Lamborghini. <laughs> he said, take up your cross because there will be suffering. There will be hardship. And you've only got to look at the lives of all the disciples, Jesus himself, through the Bible, what they encountered because of their belief, their structure and their faith. So that's why Paul says, with confidence, I count all joy when he's persecuted. That's what I do. When some person goes, oh, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> you know, we've got to change our thinking rather than going, oh, somebody called me a bigot. <laughs> I don't know if I can be a Christian anymore. My faith, I'm losing my faith. Somebody called me a bigot. You know, that's not based on anything. That's based on 
stupidity. Uh, let, let, let's, let's, let's go back to the book itself and let's read God's word for ourselves and believe his word, stand strong on his word, knowing greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. Amen? So we, we are more than conquerors and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So whoever comes to me and hears my words, and that's the words we activate inside us. It's not our little opinions and our little mindset. It's when we're in a situation, we need to go to Christ. We need to go to his word. What would Jesus do? Do you remember those bands, WW, was it JD? What would Jesus do? A little reminder, because some people need that reminder sometimes. They go ask the neighbor what they would do. You go over the fence, hey, what would you do in this situation? <laughs> As if your neighbor knows. You know, rather than going to Jesus and asking him, we, we ask everybody else. We go, oh, because really, we know probably what Jesus will say, but we don't like the answer. So we go to everybody else to find someone that will agree with me. And then I feel good because so-and-so said that, you know, and, uh, oh, it makes me feel nice and warm and fluffy. And uh, <laughs> meantime, you, get, you flick open the Bible and you see with the words of Jesus, you brood of vipers. <laughs> you know, so... There's a bit of a contrast there, but uh, Jesus goes on to say, um, sorry, whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them. See, the part is, is the doing. This is like people love the hearing, but they don't like the doing. So there's a transaction that happens from hearing and doing. If you're just a hearer, well, you, you, you're building a foundation on nothing. It's like building a slab, you know, of concrete for a house. And people go, how's your life going? Well, you know, I'm just going, well, there's the foundations down. Yeah, but what have you built on it? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Some people's lives are like that. They've not built anything on the foundation. They may have just received Christ and they've just sat there in church, done nothing with it. Jesus says faith is active. You should be doing something. Your foundation should have something upon it. Because one day you're going to be meeting Jesus face to face, if you're a believer, and he'll say, what did you do with what I gave you, hey? And you go, oh, I read a lot of your word. Yes, I know you read a lot of my word. Oh, but I prayed a lot to you. Yes, yes, but what did you do with what I gave you? And you go, oh, uh, what did you give me again? You know, you know. You'll have to give an account, an answer to him for those things. Whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. Jesus said you can distinguish a person by what he does or what he doesn't do. Do you find you only got to be around certain people for a short time to work out who they are and what they're about? You know, I find that all the time. I, as soon as someone new, it takes me a few minutes, I can work them out. <laughs> I'm not a psychiatrist, but you just get a, a sense. You get a sense like, okay, this person's got some low self-esteem issues. This person thinks the world of himself. Uh, this person, <laughs> you know, it goes on. You can tell by their actions how they play out what sort of person they are. Because once again, by their fruits, they shall be known. So Jesus makes that clear. I will show you to whom he is like. He will he'll point that out just by the way they act. Yeah, Matthew 5.30 says, But let your word be, yes, yes, no, no, for whoever is more than those come from evil. Have you ever met the people that... Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, I can help you. I'll be at your house tomorrow. Yeah, I'll give you help moving the house and all that. And they don't turn up. Or, uh, yeah, I'll be at your party. I'd love to come to your party. Awesome. Yeah, great. Yeah, what time? Yeah, I'll be there. They don't turn up. Jesus said, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. Anything else 
it says here, uh, comes from evil. So be very clear with your yes, yes, and your no, no, all right? No and your no, what's yes and what's no. <laughs> um, I had a guy like this years ago. In the early days of this church, there was a lot of work going on. Uh, some of you have been here a long time would remember when we didn't even have a ceiling. Uh, we didn't have carpet. Uh, we, there's a lot of things going on. We didn't have a stage. We didn't have walls here. We're on ground level with a few color screens on the side, and the band was on ground level. And um, a lot of work needed to be done. We need some early lights put up for the stage. Well, not stage, the floor. And, uh, and we, I got up on the roof and started hanging these things up and different things. And I needed some chain to hold something. And a friend of mine said to me, buddy, I'll, I'll get it for you. I've got stacks of chain at home. I said, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, look, I, I, I've got to get it here Saturday because I've only got Saturday free to do this job. He said, no worries. I said, you sure? He said, yep, yeah, I'll be here. No problems at all. And I said, well, if you can't make it, that's fine. But let me know. Oh, no, no, I'll definitely be here. Definitely be here. I said, well, 9 o'clock, okay? Yeah, 9 o'clock's fine. So I'm here at 9 o'clock. Who, who doesn't turn up? And I go, you've got to be kidding me. Because <laughs> like he's done this several times before. That's why I kept saying, you sure, you sure, you sure that your yes be a yes and your no be a no. And uh, he doesn't turn. I go, right, <laughs> right. So I'm going to ring him up. Uh, and uh, he lives quite a distance from here. And I said, oh, so are you planning to turn up today? Oh, oh uh, look, something came up, uh, you know, I've got to go somewhere. And I said, uh, like, well, you could have actually said something. You didn't say a word. And he says, do you still need that chain? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Uh, can it wait? I said, no. I was going to push him this time. I said, no, he's going to follow through on his yes. <laughs> yes, it's a yes from me. And um, so I, I said to him, I need it, and I need it now. Your word, you told me in your word that you do this. So I'm going to count that. All right, okay. So I made him drive for about 40 minutes to come here just to drop off some chain, and then he left. I thought, people need to be held accountable for their yeses and their noes. Don't ever say to me yes. I don't mind if you say, hey, look, Pastor Ian, I'll try my best. I'm not sure. That's okay. That's fine. But if you say yes, other than if you've something emergency came up, I'm going to count as a yes. You know, my family, we've, we've always made that a, a, a clear-cut deal that unless you've broken a leg, but even then you've got to turn up. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. <laughs> but I'm just saying as in we make sure it's clear that we follow through with our word. Don't say yes unless you mean it, you know. And uh, we, we need that. The Bible tells us to be uh, doers, but uh, become doers of the word, not just hearers, only deceiving ourselves. We must be doers of what we say. We must be doers of God's word. We must be not just hearers. Whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you whom he is like, it says. He is like a man who built a house and dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And a flood occurred and the stream burst against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on a rock. You can't build on weak foundations. It won't stand. If you ever, I saw a documentary one time, it's fascinating how they build bridges across rivers and how they have to go right into the rock bed. They have to go down pretty deep into the rock bed. They can't just build on the, the silt under there, or the bridge will be all over the place. <laughs> and, but some, some of us do that. We, we, we're expecting to stand strong, but we're wondering why our life's all so wobbly, because we're not building on the rock. Jesus is that rock. I'm telling you, if you're building on sand right now, you're going to be, every wave that comes, you're going to be moved. 
People say something, so you're going to be moved, everything. But when you're solid on a foundation of rock, whatever comes to you, it will not move you because I'm standing strong. You know, people kind of think I'm, uh, in some ways I've had it in church life. You know, people have, Christians are funny people sometimes. They have their little temper tantrums, don't they? <laughs> you know those sort of Christians? I want it my way, you know. And um, I don't, I'm not moved by that. I had one guy one time years ago who was just helping out around the property. He had a key to the church. And he wanted me to announce something. And I said, no, we don't do that in service. Well, unless you do it, I'm handing my key back. Like, mm. I said, fine. <laughs> key, please. <laughs> See, we will not be moved by things like that. I think sometimes people think in your nice... Nice, nice pastor. They, oh, he'll go with it. No, oh, I can smile. I go, thank you. <laughs> so same as uh, the musicians. We got such great. Give up for the musicians. Awesome people. Uh, Jamie, where's Jamie? Where's Jamie? Jamie, that guitar, man. That's awesome. You know, I couldn't even do that with an air guitar. It's like unbelievable. Um, fantastic. But I remember it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that. In our early days, we had people just join a church. Oh, I can play something. All right, you're on the band. You know, it's like, it was terrible. It was just this infighting going on. I want it this way. I want it that way. We had one guy who was very talented uh, with the guitar. He wanted it his way. And uh, I think he's been listening to the Backstreet Boys too much. I want it my way. And uh, he, uh, he, he just, like, was overriding the worship director. And so we're doing this. He goes, well, that's it. He throws down his guitar. I'm walking out. I said, see ya. The door's just around the corner. <laughs> you can't put up with temper tantrums. You need to be on a solid foundation. You have to lay good footings to carry a weight of a house. You know, I remember years ago uh, where I worked, we were using this old house next door as an office until they decided to bulldoze it because it had this massive crack down the wall. And we kept plastering up. It kept opening up again. Yep, open up again, pain, oh, I'm fed up with this. We didn't realize why until we knocked down the house, had the foot strip, uh, strip footings of concrete, and there's a crack right through there. If there's a crack in your foundation, it doesn't matter what you build on, it's not going to hold, it will keep opening up. You always have to go to the foundation. Where is your faith in Christ? If your foundation is built on a solid rock, you will not discover all these cracks. But if it's on your ideology, your thoughts, the way I want it, you're going to find lots of cracks appearing. And then you blame Jesus. How many people do that? How many people go, God, why did you allow that to happen? What do you? He goes, what, what were you based on? What's, what were you standing on? Rock or sand? The thing is, we've got too many people, Christians include, uh, Christians stand on sand, wanting it their way. A building can't remain standing without a foundation. We need a strong foundation. And this applies to our lives. The house is only as strong as its foundations. If you ever watch the building site, and I've been on lots of building sites, uh, sometimes invited, sometimes not, <laughs> um, and uh, just watching how they do that. They, you know, they dig the ground, and then they fill up with concrete for the foundations. They don't just start coming. You, know, you don't see the carpenters rock up first, like on site. You know, the block's just been clear. They don't start putting timber on, on, on dirt, do they? They don't just start, oh, build this house on air. That lasts five minutes. I can imagine everything all out of wonk, wonkiness. Um, they build on a solid foundation. 
And even that solid foundation has to be solid, left for 14 days before they start putting bricks on it. You know, and sometimes there's an analogy there. We have to be built on a foundation, but let's not be rushing out to build on anything until we have actually understood that foundation. You know, we get new Christians, passionate, love it, you know, like, uh, it's great, but just learn the word, get to know who God is before you fire off on all cylinders, because some people want to do that. They're like, oh, I received Christ, give me that mic, I want to preach. <laughs> no, 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 just stand careful, slow down. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's an importance in building a strong foundation of faith, know your word, so you can speak the word. You know, the Bible talks about don't put a young novice into a leadership position for that reason. A strong foundation will resist all things. We're seeing earthquakes around the earth right now. And it's funny, when you look at the pictures, you'll see one house totally, and the other one standing. Difference is, quite often, the foundation. When you go to some of the Asian countries I've been to, things made out of bamboo and things, and you go, oh my goodness, you see the workmen up there with their safety thongs on, and uh, <laughs> just doing work, you think, oh my goodness, you know, is that thing actually going to stand? And it sometimes worries you because they don't have the, the skill level to build some of the things they put up there. You need to build on a, sound, a solid foundation. When I built my house up in Windvale years ago, uh, we, we were excited, we got the land at a good price, everything was good, and then uh, we had the soil report. Now, the soil report is very important because it tells you what condition the soil is, because working on the calculation what the soil type was will mean whether you get a standard foot in, 400 mil, or it maybe have to be something deeper, and that will cost a lot of money. So we bought the land, and I spoke to the neighbor. I said, so uh, he goes, oh, have you had a quote for your foot ins yet? I said, no, 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 it should be right. You know, I've, I've sort of got the rough idea how much the standard foot ins are. He goes, oh, I'm not standing here, mate, I'm not standing here. I go, what do you mean not standing here? What's wrong with it? He goes, oh, we're, we're built on clay. Clay's very reactive. You know, he says, you, you know, it costs me an extra seven grand on top of the normal price for just for the concrete slab. And some will tell me down the road, 15 grand. I go, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, looks like I'll be sleeping on this slab for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and I, so I looked into it, and it was rated what they call E2, clay. It can move between something like 70 and 100 mil between the seasons. And if you don't build strong enough, in a time where there's movement going on, your foundation's gonna crack. We are living in times right now where there's a lot of movement going on. We're like building on that clay. We gotta make sure our foundations are strong so we don't crack, so we, we're not, not uh, going to falter in any way. So it's, it's, it's important that we build on that solid rock, on that, stand, on that stand, that's where we build our lives. That's why we build on solid rock because it's unshakable. People say Christians are so square. You ever heard that? Oh, you're so square. But that's what we're meant to be because foundations are square and they are solid. They don't go anywhere. Round things roll. Square things stay. <laughs> we are built on solid foundations. But the question is this morning, what is your life built on? I can talk about the lives of many people here but this is now coming to a personal spot. What is your life built on? And, you know, as they often say, if you are arrested in a country which is against Christianity, would there be enough evidence on you to support that you are a Christian? Because some people play 
007, secret agent. <laughs> when they're Christianity, they play a part. It's like you, nobody knows they're Christians. You know, in my workplace, when I used to work as a mechanic and other things, everyone knew I was a Christian. You know, that's the first thing. I mean, it was a dead giveaway when I used to be a mechanic in the workshop. I'd have my big toolbox there, Snap-on, which was the Rolls-Royce of the tools. And I'd have all Christian stickers all over there. Where would you go if you died today? Jesus is Lord. You know, I had it all over there. <laughs> so everyone in the whole workshop could see it. But then you still get someone going, oh, are you a Christian? <laughs> but the thing is, do you have that confidence? Because the world doesn't want you to show who you are. They want you to be as the world is. But the Bible says we're not of this world. We're in this world, yeah, sure, but we're not of this world. You can see what this world is all about. It's, it's destruction, evil, it's all bad. We need to be assured this morning we have our foundation built solely on the Word of God, on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and Savior, as those people who got baptized this morning declared. He is the, the way, the truth, and the life. And besides Him, there is no other way. You can try every way you can. I've heard numerous stories. I remember when I was at Bible college, a Hare Krishna. Do you remember? Not my Bible college. A Hare Krishna story. Uh, people remember Hare Krishnas? They were in the orange, they had this shaved head thing. And uh, it's like, okay. Uh, but even they can be saved. And, uh, but they had no understanding of who Christ was. Uh, the Hare Krishnas, they... they there was a story of this Hare Krishna that uh, said, right, this is it. You know, I believe Hare Krishna's stuff is the truth. And, and someone gave him a Bible said, no, this is the truth. He said, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to study your word and pick it up pieces. He says, go ahead, do it. Nine years later, he came back. He said, I've read your word. I've gone right through everything. And I don't find any fault with it. It is truth. It is real. And he gave his life to Christ. This morning, you may be on a journey. You may be seeking yourself. What is truth? That's how I came to Christ at 21, a couple of years ago. And uh, <laughs> at 21, I was asking the question, what is true? What is truth? Why am I here? What, what, what is there to life? You know, is it just like meaningless? Or is there a purpose? And I found walking into a church, give my life to Jesus Christ, it opened up a whole deal. Life as I've never known it. Life in abundance. Like Jesus has promised, Jesus delivers. And Jesus will deliver that to you this morning. If you give your life to Jesus, if you give, say yes to Him, if you make Him your Lord and your Savior. Making Him your Lord is easy. Asking Him into your life, but it'll be harder uh, sorry, ask him as a savior, sorry, will, make, will be easy because it's an invitation, but making him Lord is a lifelong commitment of sacrifice to him. I just want you to close your eyes and bow your head this morning as we come to a close. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There is no other way to get to heaven this morning, other by through Jesus, by Jesus, by giving your life to Jesus, repent of your sins, turn into God. You can't do it any other way by good works, good deeds. Many people think that's the way. That's not the way. 
This morning in this place, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've no, never made Him your Lord and Savior. You may have gone to church. You may have been to religious groups and things like that, but it's not about being in a group. It's about being in a life with Jesus. There is no other way. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ this morning, you've never made Him your Lord and Savior, and you'd like to do that, it's one prayer away. It's inviting Him into your life, repenting of your sin, and living for Him. If that's you in this place, just raise your hand wherever you are when nobody's looking around. Just put your hand up. I will see that. We will pray for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or perhaps you once did, you're not even sure where you are right now, because a long, long time ago, and I haven't really been living as a Christian, I'm not kind of living on that solid foundation. I need to come back to Him. Perhaps that's you. If that's you in this place, just raise your hand. I'll see that too. Jesus won't force you to do anything. This is an invitation. This is an invitation to everybody here. Jesus loves you. That's why He gives you all an invitation, always. But not everyone's going to take it up because some will go, no, no, I've got this. I can do this myself. I'm telling you, you can't. If you want to know the reality of that, read some of the stories. Read some of the testimonies of people that had death experiences. Morris Rawlins, heart specialist, wrote a book called to, uh, it was called to Hell and Back, I think it was called. He records the stories of people that died in his operating theater. Some that came back to life but died again. He gives a story of account of this one man who was on he was being operated on. Suddenly he flatlined. The guys just all went dead, and you see the line just dropped dead. He was dead. They raced over the paddles and hit him with the paddles, got his heart beaten again. And he came back to life and he says, Help me, help me, I'm in hell. And then he died again. They pumped him again. Same thing, he was screaming. For this man did not know Jesus, but then he, they could not bring him back. I'm telling you, it's real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. It's not all these little cartoon figures you see, but there's a reality, and you need to know where you are going. You need to know who you are living for. That's why I, I'm lingering on this a little bit longer because there's somebody here that needs Jesus. There's somebody here that needs to say yes. You may have had religion, but you haven't had Jesus. Religion comes from a, a, a Latin word, religare, which means to be bound to something. I'm telling you, Jesus has come to set you free. Free indeed, like those lovely ladies that came from a Catholic church. They have found Jesus. They have found him and their life is transformed. Your life can be transformed this morning. God will not force you. It's your decision. Your decision. People say to me, oh, will I go to heaven or will I go to hell? And I say, it's your decision. Your decision. What do you mean? I thought you just, no, 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 it's your decision. What you do now while you're alive can change that destination. But once you're dead, it's too late. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. As we build our lives on your foundation, not our own, not the world's, but yours, we will know that we will have life in that. We will have joy in that. No matter what happens, we know you'll always be there. You'll never forsake us nor leave us. 
And this morning, God, I just pray for everybody here that they will have an encounter with you once again. Even as a born-again Christian, they will continue to live in that place, continue to live in that place with you each day. Father, I pray your blessing upon everyone here this morning that they have an encounter with you daily until you return. We ask in Jesus' name.